What up, you guys? This is Coach Rod, a.k.a. The Skill Doctor, the one and only Skill Doctor. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Damian Little, crazy game winner last night. we also going to talk about, is Russ really your number one option if you want to be a championship contending team? We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference semifinal matchup and how exciting that is. And we're going to talk about this and much more coming up on the Off Court Podcast. Hey, cue the music. Check check Dang, why you had to do them boys like that, man? Why you had to do them like that? <laughs> it's dang motherfucking time. Like, I got a real legit question, real legit question to ask all, all my listeners out there. Would you put Dame, Damian Lillard, now, would you solidify him on what he did this series? Is he a top five point guard to you? In my opinion, he always been teetering around the four, five, six mark. But I think with this series, this year especially, what he's done and what he put together, I can literally say he's a top three point guard, in my opinion, from what he does. It's Curry, it's Kyrie, and it's Dane. I don't see nobody outplaying them three at all. And Dame is doing it with lesser talent than the top two in front of him, than Curry, than Curry and Kyrie. He is doing, he is putting up ridiculous numbers with less talent. And last night was just the icing on the cake because what he did last night was literally, it, it, it was breathtaking, man. And it was, it was flabbergasted. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it already, I'm going to need you to literally you you living under a rock. You you doing something. You you ain't paying attention because everybody is talking about it. Everybody. What you just heard right before I came on was literally like the crowd erupted. This the the place went crazy. But the funny thing about it, <laughs> I'm gonna need y'all to go look at it. I think it's on Dame page. I know for a fact it's on CJ McCullen page on that Instagram page. Look at Damian Lillard face <laughs> when the team is celebrating with him. That is that is pure comedy because it was like he had that look on his face like I told you I was gonna I told you I was gonna win this game I told you I was gonna win this series It's nothing and the way he put on the performance he put on last night was it was it was amazing it was amazing I can literally say it was amazing not amazing amazing <laughs> but. I'm looking at what he did this year compared to last year in the playoffs. That 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 how people try to downgrade what he does, you can't do it no more. You can't. You can't. And I know people are going to use last year's series against him. It's hard. It is extremely hard to score when you're literally playing four on five. Because no disrespect to Alfaro Camino, but he can't. He can't shoot. He's not a he's not a very efficient shooter. 
And all they was doing was New Orleans, when they played them last year and they knocked them out in the first round, all New Orleans was doing, whoever who he was guarding, Alpha Rukamino, whoever he was guarding, the man that was guarding him, all they was doing was sitting him at the elbow or sitting him in the middle of the paint and having Davis roam, you know. So it's hard to score, especially with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to challenge everything. Anthony Davis is 6'11", 7' foot with a crazy wingspan, stupid bounce. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard. You know, as great as a shooter as CJ and Dame is, it's hard to shoot over someone that long, that agile, that athletic, that quick, and and that has that that great of a defensive prowess. So it was just like, look, CJ, you can go off. Everybody else, you can go off. But we know if we shut down Dane, we shut down everybody in this. We shut down everybody on the team because everybody know the team goes as Dame go. CJ can go. CJ can. CJ can flat out go. But. The engine that runs Portland is Damian Lillard. <laughs> like he averaged, he he averaged forty one points per game this series. He's averaged forty one points per game. Now listen to these stats. He averaged forty one points per game. He shot forty six percent from the field, and he shot twenty six for fifty four from the three point line. And I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet anything in anybody that he made more threes in this series than the whole entire OKC team. The only shooter, the only shooter on OKC is Paul George. That can knock it down. And you saying, look, we need you to, we need a three. We need you to score a three-pointer and get us a three. The only person who they're going to put the ball, uh, that can put the ball in the hole from that range consistently, without a doubt, is Paul George. Everybody else. Man, it's it's sad, and I actually picked OKC to win this series. I picked them to beat them, um, beat Portland in six, and <laughs> Damian Lillard literally made me got dog on. <laughs> he literally made me uh, swallow my words and and put my foot in my mouth because he literally showed everybody that it ain't no way it should be anybody anybody ahead of him, and he literally won that matchup between him and Russ. And uh, we're going to talk about Russ a little bit later on. But um, Damian Lillard, man, like, <laughs> I ain't going to stay on it too much longer. But when you're talking about someone who can flat out score, flat out go, you got to put Damian Lillard now in the top three. You have to. And <laughs> I want to hear what y'all have to say when it comes to Damian Lillard. And um, for real, I want to hear what y'all got to say. I want to hear y'all opinion. You can hit me up here on the on the Anchor app. You can call in, or you, if you want to, go ahead and hit me up on Instagram at skilldoctor1, S-K-I-L-L-D-O-C-T-O-R-1. Shameless plug, because, you know, I just want to hear everybody's opinion for real, for real, because is Damian Lillard, and this is this is really a legit question, is Damian Lillard a top three-point guard in the league? Give me your answers. Give me why. Give me an explanation because I really, really, really want to hear. But I want to get on to OKC now. OKC. And I got another legit question. Will OKC ever win? Or will, matter of fact, forget win a championship. Will they ever win a playoff series 
with Russ as the number one option. Will they win a playoff series with Russ playing the way that he plays? Like, I really, I really wanna, I really wanna hear what y'all gotta say, cause in my opinion, in my opinion, at the rate the OKC Thunder going, I don't think, I don't think they're ever gonna get out the first round. I think Paul George is gonna almost regret signing that four year deal, cause Russ is not gonna change. I, I take that back. I believe Russ will change. You just got to have a coach that will literally hold him accountable. Because Russ hasn't been coached since he left UCLA. And that's a fact. Scotty Brook, you know, he didn't really coach. It was just when you have superior talent, you're going to win a lot of games, especially when you have superior talent and kids who just play hard. I honestly believe KD didn't learn how to play basketball until when the uh, Golden State. He didn't learn how to play basketball until when the Golden State. Because you see how he played. You see how he played with Golden State compared to when he played at OKC. It's two totally different superstars. Because KD wasn't considered the second best player in the league or probably the best player in the league until he went to Golden State. I don't think that conversation was that conversation held any weight. I think it was LeBron, bar none, and everybody else. When he went to Golden State, and granted, people going to use the excuse, and I'm sorry to get off topic, but but granted, people going, well, he playing with Steph, he playing with Clay, he playing with Draymond, um, playing with DeMarcus Cousin. You know, we wish you well and hope you get uh, healthy soon. But still, what KD can do, he's 7-1. I know they put him down at 16. He's 7-1. He's 7-1 with a handle, can shoot from 30, can pull up mid-range, can post up, can dunk, can defend, has a high, extremely, extremely high basketball IQ. Extremely high basketball IQ. Um, you listen to the interview that he did, I want to say it was about two, three days ago. You know, he I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. If you just listen to listen to his explanation of how the game's been played, how the series is being played with him and the Clippers and him and Patrick Beverly and how they talking about Patrick Beverly is shutting him down. Now, I love Pat. I love Pat Bev. Like he's one of my favorite players. He gritty. He really don't care who you are. He gonna guard you. He the only he the only one in the league that I know that is crazy enough and believes wholeheartedly. Give me LeBron. Give me KD. He's the only player. He's the only player that literally, when he says that, he believes he can stop him. If you ask Pat Beverly right now, hey, you got to guard LeBron, and I want you to shut him down. Pat Beverly will literally like, okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> he won't score. He won't touch that rock. And when he do touch the rock, he's going to have hell getting it. All right. But I got off subject with the OKC joint. Let's get back on subject real quick. Um, back to the OKC. I want people to understand this because I know people are going to blame Russ. And Russ played, if you really look at the numbers and you really look at the game, Russ played a great game. He played under control. He didn't. He didn't force a lot of shots. He almost he almost was 
passive in the beginning, if you really look at the game, because he really didn't shoot in the first quarter. He really didn't shoot a lot in the second. He started going a little bit in the second, but he really turned it on towards the third quarter. But uh, I know people are going to blame Russ because he's the scapegoat. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes his personality. He's rigid. He's uh, He can be an asshole sometimes, you know, especially with the reporters. Cause <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. You know, he does that a lot. He's very um, – he got a lot of butthole in him. You know, he got a lot of butthole in him as far as when it comes to his attitude. He's very rigid. He's very old school. He's very He got a very, very old school spirit when it comes to answering reporters, when it comes to, hell, even playing. He's one of the very few players that you can tell he doesn't like anybody that – doesn't has an OKC jersey on. Like, you may be cool with him off the court, but when y'all step in between that 94 by 50, Russ is a hundred, a hundred percent. And I ain't saying hate as in he hates you as a person, but when it comes to you versus him, you versus his team, his players, he will conjugate something that he don't like about you and use it in his playing style, and in a sense, I honestly think that hurts him. And we're going to discuss this. I'm going to create a whole episode with this um, later on. But I believe his competitiveness to win is hurting him to win, if that makes sense. Let me say it again for everybody who really, really don't understand. His competitiveness to win is hurting him to win. And what I mean by that is, you ever met somebody who just wants something just too bad? They always, like, they working extra, extra hard, doing the most. Like, like for instance, I have a certain player. It's a few players that um I've coached this past year and the year, the year before that, last year and uh, the year before last. It's two players, and both, one is a male, one is a female. They work extremely hard. When I say workhorses, this particular guy is a workhorse. This particular girl is a workhorse. But they're always on the ground when it comes to playing. Like, always running into the wall, falling hard. And eventually, both of them had little nicks and that injuries. None of them didn't. They didn't have to sit out a game. But I told them. I told both of them the same thing. When you calm down, because it's going to come, you're going to get it. But when you calm down, when you want it too bad, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get it. Because somehow, way, you're going to find a way to screw it up, and it's going to fall out your hands. So, if I was you, I'll calm down, know that it's coming your way, relax, keep working hard, but know it's coming. When you want it too bad, sometimes you may not get it. Because you're going to always find a way to screw it up. You're going to either do something to screw it up with your effort. Or you're going to do something to screw it up with your mindset. And I believe Russ's mindset is not his effort. Because I'm telling you right now, everybody loves his effort. He is 100% all the time. But his mindset is, I got to go 100 miles an hour to get to my destination. When Chuck says something very, very um, 
intriguing last night on Inside the NBA. He said, Russ got to learn less is more. I'm paraphrasing. He got to learn less is more for the simple fact you can get to the you can get to the same destination going 60 miles an hour compared to just going 100 miles an hour the whole entire game. And he got to do that not only for a game, he got to do that for a season. He also got to shoot less. Cuz I believe with his talent, he with his talent, his athleticism still in the latter part of his career cuz I think he's 29, 30. Don't correct me on that. I don't know his, his official age, but I know he's 29 or 30. He's somewhere between that range, 29 and 31. His athleticism going to diminish. So you got to learn how to find other ways to score. And I believe if he get less assists and get people involved and start moving the rock, I believe the team will be better. I believe the players will develop a little bit more. Because if you want to be completely honest, Yes, Russ Westbrook get the triple-double. But a lot of times when you really, really look at the game, sometimes it looks – not sometimes, but most of the times his assists look like, look, I'm not passing it until you only have the option to shoot. <laughs> you know, that's going to be your only option. Either I shoot it or you shoot it. Which one? And that's where his triple-doubles come from. And don't get me wrong, his teammates help, help him out a lot by making shots. But I believe he needs to move the ball more. He needs to trust his teammate. But he also needs a coach that will coach him and coach him hard. Because I believe Russ, all great players, want to be coached. I don't care what nobody say. You can listen to Colin. You can listen to Nick. You can listen to all them talking about, you know, he he's uncoachable or hard to coach. I ain't saying they say that, but it comes off like they saying that. But I honestly believe all great players want to be coached. All great players want to be taught. Russ want to be taught, but he know he can do whatever he want under Billy Donovan. So it's just like, hell, I've been getting triple doubles for the past three years now. So what you going to do? Tell me not to get a triple double? Because you ain't telling me what to do. You ain't telling me what the adjustments I need to make. You're not going to because I don't respect you. I honestly believe Russ don't respect Billy Donovan. So they need to get a coach in there. I believe like someone like a Mark Jackson, someone like a <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy. And I know I just named two commentators, but them are two legendary, legendary coaches. Mark Jackson is up and I believe he was up and coming. He started the formula for the um, Warriors. And I think Steve Kerr uh, found the, the secret recipe to really, really have that team take off. But Mark Jackson is a great coach. I'm surprised he hasn't got hired yet. I believe he don't want to coach no more. I believe he enjoyed commentating. But if he was to start back coaching, I believe OKC would be the perfect job for him because I believe Russ respects them. Paul George respects them. Steve Adams and Steven Adams, I believe he just – I believe Steven Adams one of the greatest teammates. And uh, – but – he defers a lot to Russ. But back to the subject at hand, I believe soon as them two get full respect from respect the coach, everybody else got to fall in line. They has to. Your two superstars are giving the coach full autonomy. Everybody else fall in line. But I believe OKC is a downward spiral. They are literally in the decline. <laughs> 
I don't see them getting past the six or seven seed last year, next year. I don't. I don't see at best, at best, a six seed again. At best. At best. And I really had to look at OKC after this. I love Russ. That's why I picked them to win the series. I was just like, Russ is going to go ham between the matchup and Dame and Russ. Russ athleticism is going to take over and wear Dame down. But it was the complete opposite. Damian Lillard wore Russ down. Defensively, Damian was solid, solid, solid. Defensively, offensively, you already already heard the numbers. 41 points per game, 26 for 54 from the three. He literally shot a better percentage from three-point range than the whole entire OKC team as a whole. He made probably more, and I, I don't know the stats as far as OKC uh, total three-pointers made, but I'm pretty sure he shot, if not uh, more, made more. He's close. He's close to how many they made. I'm pretty sure about that. But I just find that very, very interesting. Um, and if you really want to be real, I don't blame it on Russ. I don't blame it on Paul George. It's two people I'm going to blame OKC Wolves on. And people, I don't know, this is going to be an unpopular choice. One of them is, of course, you can say Billy Donovan because I believe coaching, as a coach in the playoffs, you're going to have to win at least one game, one game, where you literally, it doesn't come down to talent. It comes down to strategic uh, strategy and adjustment. And I believe Billy Donovan cannot do this at this level, at this level. And I'm just being, this is just what I see. I don't. I don't wish nothing bad on them. I don't wish them to be fired. But if you want to be real, you need another coach in there. Of course, Billy Donovan. But here's here's who I blame the most who doesn't get the backlash because everybody likes him. Steven Adams. If OKC want to get past the situation that they going uh that they in right now, Russ got to defer. To Paul George and Steven Adams. I believe if Russ tells Steven Adams, hey, look, look here, big fella. I love the fact that you like doing all the dirty work, but you the young gunner, you strong, you seven foot with great footwork and a soft touch. We need you to start going to work. I believe if Steven Adams really, really, if they allow Steven Adams to go to work down there, OKC will be, will be a a huge threat. I'm not saying they're gonna win it all. I'm not saying they're gonna win it all. But I really, really believe OKC will literally become a huge, a huge threat in the Western Conference now. Cause you will have a solid, a solid post present. Cause Steven Adams is one of very one of the very few bigs. If not, I give Jokic. Jokic can do it as well. But when it comes to catching it on the move, he's him and Jokic are the only bigs I see that. Shoot, they little, little do a little in and out dribble and shoot the floater from just inside the free throw line and make it with consistency. I honestly believe Steven Adams has to step up. He's been getting a pass, and I'll be the first that you you gonna hear first. Steven Steven Adams have to step up. If you if you uh, if if he's hearing this right now, Steven Adams, you have to step up offensively. You have to. You got to start scoring more. You got to start being more aggressive on the block because you have extre- he has extremely good footwork. 
I'm looking at Steven Adams. He got the post spin. He got the jump hook middle. He got the up and under. He got the straight bully. I'm going to go through your chest. Steven Adams has all the tools to be a great post, a great, an all-star from the post, from the center position. That's how good of a talent he's is. If you don't believe me, watch any of watch any of you can watch the game last night. You can watch the game last night and you can watch any highlights. You can watch the previous films. You can let Steven Adams is a monster down there. He is. He is. If I had Steven Adams, if I like Russell Westbrook really need, he really needs to go to Steven Adams. Him and Paul George. Look, we need you. You are the missing, you are the third piece to this this big three. We may not have a big four, but we got a big three, a legit big three, and Russell Westbrook will be the third option. Not saying that he's not an all-star, not saying he's not a great player, but Russ will be the third option. He will. That's just facts. And we, he will have to feed off Paul George and Steven Adams, but it will open up Russ' game so much if he was to do that because some fact – now, when the defense collapsed on the post, he can hit Stephen Adams, who was also a great passer, can hit him on cuts. He, and then when they suck in on Russell Westbrook cuts on cuts, Paul George can come around the horn or be on the opposite opposite wing and be wide open for three point three point shots, one dribble pull ups. He can start cutting to the basket as well. So, I believe OKC just need a great. They're missing a coach and they're missing Stephen Adams untapped potential because that's really what it comes down to he has a lot of untapped potential and i'm willing to say it right now steven adams step up step up big dog because you you got it you got it but the juicy part this is the juicy part of podcast that i just couldn't wait i just wanted to get that out the way i wanted to get that out the way um Last night, Damian Lillard, and then, of course, OKC um, and their problems and who's to blame, all that, blah, 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 blah. But i tell you right now, I can't wait for the Eastern Conference semifinals. It is exactly what everybody's been waiting for. Toronto versus uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee versus Boston. And... This is the segment where we call the pick them. Pick them. Pick one. <laughs> Who do I got? Boston. Between Boston and the Bucks. I got the Bucks. No. <laughs> I got the Bucks in five. Yeah, I said it. I got the Bucks in five. I got them in five. And I know that sounds completely crazy because you the Bucks in five man is gonna go game it's gonna go seven games I believe Giannis is way too much for anybody on Boston roster I believe Brooke Lopez will literally open the floodgates when it comes to um what he does and what he brings to the team over 65 no yeah 65 percent of his shots are threes and most of them be open because you got Giannis attacking the basket you got Blood soul putting pressure on the rim. You got Chris Middleton, who everybody forgets about, who is a, a bona fide, bona fide second option. I believe Giannis is, of course, is the best player in the series, followed behind Kyrie. Then it's a tie. 
it's a toss-up between Jason Tatum and Chris Middleton right now. I believe Jason Tatum will become the better player in his career, but I believe they're on the same playing field now. So with that being said, I believe experience is going to trump youth and talent, youth, talent, and athleticism. So I believe Chris Middleton is going to have an edge up in that matchup. And don't sleep on Chris Middleton. He's no slouch. You got um, who else? Who else Milwaukee has? Um, they got Brooke. I said Brooke, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Bloodsoe. Oh, they got George Hill, a savvy veteran. And a lot of times he looked disinterested in the playoffs, especially last year. He just looked like he was just over it in Cleveland, like he was just ready. He literally was like, man, I'm just here, I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> That's how he looked a lot of times in Cleveland. Like it wasn't fun. But now it looks like George Hill is really enjoying himself. He looks like he he loves playing under this system. And I believe anybody will because, hell, you got Giannis. And then you got George Hill. You got Ilva Sova, who was big for Philly last year. <laughs> you got um, Nurkic, who was, man, Nurkic, who was big for New Orleans last year. Like, the the depth that they have in Milwaukee along with the range, along with, like I said, the best player in the series. Like, at any point in time, they can go. If they want to go small and match, because I believe Boston will try Terry at the one and Kyrie at the two again, they'll just put George Hill. And this is if they just want to match up and play their game. They can go George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke, in either Brooke Lopez, Mirchich, or Ilovasova. And they will still be long rangy athletic. They will still be because George, George Hill have extremely long arms. Same thing with Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, I think they say 6'1 with a 6'8, 6'7, 6'8 wingspan. And built like a got dog on tank. So I believe him and George will take some of the uh, responsibility of guarding Kyrie. I believe they'll put Chris Middleton on them sometimes. And this is the reason why I'm picking um, the Bucks in five. Kyrie has to play almost perfect every single game for them to have a chance. Has to. Has to. So, but before I go on, let's go ahead and go into a little commercial break, and I'll be right back. After this break. What up, you guys? It's Coach Rod, a.k.a. D1 and Only Skill Doctor. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Off Court Podcast, where you get your skill talk, you get your NBA talk, you get a whole bunch of barbershop talk. I want to thank y'all so much for listening. If you're listening to this and you're still on here, go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and follow me on all social media platforms at Skill Doctor One. That's S K I L L D O C T O R One. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And without further ado, let's get right back to the podcast. So, as I was saying with the Boston series, um, 
man, Bucks are going to make super quick work of, of Boston. They really are. I believe they have zero answers for for um, for Giannis. I believe they have zero answers for Eric Bledsoe. Um, I believe he's going to outplay Terry Rozier. Chris Middleton is going to, if not match, if not if not match, play better than Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayworth. I believe Brooke Lopez is going to outplay Al Horford when it comes to uh, shot making. I believe Al Horford can do more uh, from an offensive standpoint. He can pass, he can dribble, he can shoot as well. But I believe the danger of Giannis getting to the rack and who are you going to have to stop him? Aaron Baines, that's their best shot blocker. He's not going to stop Giannis. <laughs> He's not. That's that's dead. Giannis is, especially when he gets downhill, full full speed ahead. Giannis is the most dangerous man in basketball. You know, in, the, in turns and boxes, he is the most dangerous man in the world. Yes, Giannis is the most dangerous man in the world because Giannis come in with a force. He comes in with a force, a force and an elegancy about him because when he goes to the paint, he's elegant in the sense of he can move agile like he's six one, six feet. But he comes in with a force that is so dominant that when he hits you, when his shoulder hits your chest, every time I see him hit somebody, when it comes to just bullying somebody or going through somebody, he knocks the hell out of them. And that's what I love about Giannis. And when he does it, he's super unapologetic. And I believe Shaq was correct in giving him the nickname Superman because the new Superman, because I believe he wanted Dwight to be that. But nah, big dog, Giannis is the rightful Superman. He's the rightful one to take that throne because I believe he scored the most points in the paint since Shaq. You know, so a 24 Giannis and a 24 year, uh, 24 year old Shaq, uh, I believe they had the same, if not the same number. Giannis had a little bit better than him. I don't know the complete stat. I don't have the stat line in front of me, but um, I know for a fact it's like that. I know he has, if not similar, better numbers than Shaq did in his MVP season. So um, I believe the Bucks are just primed to win this championship this year. Um, I know I kind of gave away my next pick when it comes to Philly and uh, Toronto, and I'm about to get to that in a quick second. But um, the way the Bucks looking, honestly, they looking like you remember when Golden State made that run to to win their first championship. The Bucks are looking the same way <laughs> with Giannis in the forefront, and the Bucks are doing it. I ain't gonna say completely opposite from what. Golden State did because the Bucks using the three ball at a high volume too. Um, but their main feature as far as with the Warriors was Steph Curry. Steph Curry and what he emerged to be and how dominant he became. Now it's the complete opposite as far as with Giannis because Giannis is emerging and he's doing it in the paint instead of shooting the three. And he's doing it offensive rebounds, transition, half court. Everybody was talking about what the Bucs are going to do now that the game, the playoffs is going to slow the game down. Giannis is still averaging 26, shooting like 52% from the field. And one thing that I liked about Giannis, Giannis started doing in the Detroit series, they was backing all the way off of him. He was like, okay, you want to back up off of me? I'll take this elbow jumper. And, yes, he was making some, he was missing some, but 
the fact that he is willing to take those jumpers, showing when he gets that down pack, when he gets that elbow jumper down pack, that mid-range strap, forget the three-point ball. Forget the three-point ball because I know everybody jumping immediately to the three-point shot. When he get the mid-range down pack, Giannis is going to be the most unguardable player in the league. And I put that, and I, I'm willing to put that on anything. You want to argue with me? Call into the podcast and tell me why you think he's not going to. That's that's the real question. You know, but with that being said, I made my point on you're gonna see my point when it comes to the Philly and Toronto series. And I've been flip-flopped. I've been flippy floppy. I'm sorry, that was my my laptop. Um, but I've been flip flop when it comes to Toronto and Philly, and I'll let you know right now. I got I made my decision probably ten minutes before I started doing the podcast, and I choose Toronto and six. <laughs> I got Toronto and six. Yes, I got Toronto and six. For the simple fact, I believe Philly needs something more than Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler. To me, they have a great team on paper. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm tripping. But a lot of times they seem real stagnant on offense, especially when they're playing against great teams. When they played against Brooklyn, of course, they had superior talent, so – I knew eventually they was going to overload Brooklyn. I thought Brooklyn, I thought they was going to win one more. I ain't going to lie to you because of how they came out game one. But I was just like, hey, they might get one at home. You know, crowd, young people, young team, got the crowd behind them. You know, they're excited. First time in the playoffs in, in years. So, but to me, Philly is very, very stagnant on offense, man, a lot of times. Um, and I believe – the, the big problem with that is they're going to have to find a way to stagger Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid minutes because I believe they can't play together for long periods of time. So somebody's going to have to go out early and come back in later with the second unit. That way they can be the main feature. And if if, if it's anybody, I do. Uh, I'll put let Ben Simmons come out with the second unit and surround him with shooters. Because I believe he's just like LeBron in that sense, the light-skinned LeBron. Uh, I believe their skill sets are extremely similar, but the thing, the difference between Ben Simmons and a young LeBron, LeBron was willing to take the jumper. Ben Simmons not willing to take the jumper. And that's what's killing him a lot of times in a lot of games, especially with a smart defender like Kawhi Leonard. I believe Kawhi Leonard is going to get under Ben Simmons' skin this this series for four four. For six games, I believe he's going to get under Kawhi. I, I'm sorry, Ben Simmons' skin. I believe Kawhi is going to, to man. He if Ben Simmons going to the bathroom, I believe Kawhi Leonard is going to be right beside him. Say, hey, you need me to shake that? <laughs> I believe Kawhi is literally going to be on that type of level. I believe he's going to be back to championship form when it comes to defense. Um, I believe he's the best two way player in the game. Yes, the best two-way player. Better than uh, Clay, better than uh, Jimmy Butler, better than Paul George. I believe he is the, uh, he's the second best player in the league right now. And before I get too off topic, I'm about to give you, because I know people, second best player in the league, who's first? You know, LeBron? Eh, eh, not LeBron. 
This is my list. And I'm going to talk about it in the next segment. Kevin Durant, number one. Kawhi Leonard, number two. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number three. LeBron James, number four. Yes, I said it. LeBron James is number four, the fourth best player in the league. And you want to know why? Want to know why I say this? Because LeBron James is not in the 2019 playoffs. But I'm going to talk about this more in the next segment. So hold your uh, your pitchforks. Put them down real quick. Let's get back to this Toronto and Philly series. Like, put your pitchfork down. We'll get right back to it. I'm ready to argue. I'm ready to got dog on debate. So um, like I was saying, though, um, with Philly, Philly is going to – they're going to catch hell. I believe, and I honestly believe, if Philly wants to make this a seven-game series, they're going to have to turn Jeremy Butler and Tobias Harris loose. I believe it's their series to shine. I believe Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons has to defer to them now instead of trying to get into a one-on-one matchup with Mark Gasol and Kyle, Kyle Larry. Um, you know, because – Kyle Larry is, let's be real, he's their third best player. Pasco Siakam is Toronto's second best player. And if you want to argue about that, if you want to say he's not, you don't know basketball. I'm sorry. Because it's Kawhi Leonard, Pasco Siakam, Kyle Larry, uh, Sergi Baca, fourth option. And you can you can say Mark Gasol is their fifth when he comes in. Because I know a lot of times they have him coming off the bench. Sometimes they have him playing. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to do this matchup as far as that. I believe they're going to start. I believe Mark Gasol is going to play a key role because he matched up well physically against Joel Embiid. I believe Joel Embiid is still going to get whatever the hell he want. But uh, I believe Mark, Ga- Mark Gasol will make him work for it. Uh, he's a very savvy player. He's a very smart player. Them Gasol, them Gasol boys are extremely smart. You know, both of them old now. And if I'm correct, Paul Gasol does play with Milwaukee, if I'm correct. Um, I believe he's on – I believe he's not on the active roster, though. Um, I believe he's an inactive player, if I'm correct. If I'm wrong, correct me on that, please. But I believe he is. I believe they traded him to Milwaukee, if I'm correct. So, you know, they have a veteran. They have a, a locker room presence. Milwaukee just got all the right recipes to be uh, – to win this championship. But back to Toronto, I believe Kawhi is going to go ham. I believe Jimmy Butler has to match what Kawhi does and more. If not, if not, I'll take that back. He has to match what Kawhi Leonard does and and he needs another efficient scoring score. And I believe that's going to be Tobias Harris and JJ Reddick. You know, I, like I said, I believe it's Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris series. And I believe, um, not Giannis, um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons has to start deferring to them now. I believe that's what they have to do. Um, but, man, I ain't even going to lie to you, man. Like, I got Toronto in six and I got Boston and, um, not Boston, Bucks in five. Yep. I do, and I got Toronto and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final. Of course, we'll talk about the Western Conference Final in the next episode. But um, man, I ain't even gonna lie to you, man. This is this is a very very interesting playoffs. With that being said, with that being said, I'm entering into the last segment with a very very 
hot topic. And when I say hot topic, I mean anything LeBron is going to get traction. Everybody, and I don't, I don't want to do too much of that because everybody always talk about LeBron every day on all networks. But I got a real legit question. I honestly do. And I need y'all to answer this for me. Does missing the playoffs hurt LeBron legacy? And if you want to ask me, you ask me, hey, hell no. Listen to me again. Hell no. It don't hurt his legacy. It may hurt it in the short term for people who just want to find things to um, make a reason why LeBron is not, quote unquote, one of the greatest players of all time. You know, um, people debate, you know, it should be Michael and Kobe instead of Michael and LeBron. I believe it should be all three of them. Um, If not four, you want to put Kareem in there. I believe those four in that that conversation of the greatest of all time. but um, for real, in the short term, it hurts his legacy because people people remember what happened recently. LeBron has been out the game for a month now, so you know I believe he's he's frustrated. I believe he's frustrated. It's it's a two edged sword, two edged sword. I believe he's frustrated but happy he's not in the playoffs because this is his first first season of rest since two thousand and five. Man. He has he the last time he missed the playoffs was 2005. I was in high school. I was in high school, man. High school. So with that being said, I believe LeBron James is going to come back. And this is another hot topic. So for all them people who talking about, you know, I'm crazy for having LeBron fourth. Listen to this, player. He will be the MVP next season. And this is my prediction of his stat line. 30 points per game, eight rebounds per game, six assists per game. No, let's flip that assist and rebound. Six rebounds per game, eight assists per game, shooting no less than 48% from the field. And I believe he will shoot 40% 40% from the three-point line. Yeah, I said it. I believe this will be LeBron's best statistical season of his career. And I believe how he would do it will be even more – I believe it will be more gratifying because I believe when he plays all them players that I named before him, Giannis, Kevin, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I believe he's going to make a statement that, look here, look at young fella. I know y'all trying to, you know, get the rings of best player in the league, but it's not your time yet. Not your time. So, mark my words on this. LeBron James is going to be an MVP of 2019-2020 season. Yeah, I said it. I said it. So, (laughs) I know that's controversial to say, but I don't believe so because I believe he's going to be bar none. I believe LeBron has two – Next season and the season after that of two great being the debate for the best player in the league. After that, I believe he'll be a a, um, a superstar, <laughs> just a level below, you know, greatest player in the league, best player in the world. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, LeBron James, this is the best thing that could have happened for him in the long run. I believe it extended his career another two, three years. I believe it actually gave him another piece. I believe it actually motivated him because 
after you be successful for so long and you dominate so long, I believe this was the wake up the call wake up call for him to be like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm 34. This is my first time missing the playoffs in 14 years, 15 years. Damn. This first time everybody talking about everybody and I'm not in the conversation. They talking about Kevin Durant. They talking about Kawhi Leonard. They talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. What about me? Y'all forgot about me already? So I believe that will be the best thing to have because I believe it'll give him another. I give him. I believe it'll give him a renewed motivation. It'll give him something to drive out there. You know, I I still don't believe they're gonna win a championship. I don't believe that. I honestly don't. When he signed with the Lakers, I was like, great way to end your career. But I do not believe they will win a championship. He will win a championship as a Laker. If he does, it's going to be the greatest accomplishment he ever does. And then it jumps him in front of Kobe. It does. It does. So, um, but that's all I really got to talk about. That's all I really got to say. I ain't going to say too much. Um, of course, we're going to have more hot topics in um, the next episode, episode two. Uh, look, look at man. If you've been with me, if you've been listening to me this long, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go review it. Give me a review on podcast, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on any platform you listening to your podcast on. You listen to me on anything. On Anchor, give me a review. If you already got dog on made it this far, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Go ahead and subscribe to the to the channel. I'm telling you right now, I'm bringing you a lot of podcasts because I love I love this man. I love this. I really do, and I love the fact that y'all listening to me. And shoot, I know some of y'all gonna got dog gonna argue with me. So, but it's all love. I love all y'all. But I want to thank y'all so much for real for listening to the podcast. I w- I want to hear y'all honest opinion about the review, what I need to change. Like, cause at the end of the day, if I'm successful, you successful. You successful, I'm successful. You feel me? So. Um, I just want to thank y'all so much, man. Give me feedback. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you hate. Tell me what I need to improve. Like, what would you like to listen to or hear as a as a as a listener? But uh, I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Best believe it's gonna be more episodes coming out. Cause man, this is I ain't gonna say easy, but this is fun and I love it. So I want to thank y'all so much, and I will catch y'all in the next next episode. Peace.